welcome back to the show, A Balanced Life for You, where you design the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Rhonda Cimarelli. I've been a or a work from home mompreneur for over 25 years, raising children, working with grandchildren, and knowing firsthand what chaos looks like and feels like. Oftentimes when I do my interviews, my guests and I both have normal life mommy things happen. A child might interrupt, the doorbell might ring, the dogs might bark, but whatever might happen, just know we are real, just like you. So for today, I'm not really sure how the interview is going to go, but if you hear any of those, just know they're not going to be edited because this is real life and we are real people, just like you. I am so excited today about my guest. I had a chance to get to know her a little bit better a few days ago, and I think you're going to enjoy her energy as much as I did. But before I bring her on, let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Lisa Erickson, and she's an energy worker specializing in women's energetics and sexual trauma healing and author of Chakra Empowerment for Women. She helps women maximize and balance their energy during key life transits such as, such as pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, and menopause, including balancing the mother-child energy line. She also works with women to heal emotional wounds on an energy level from abuse and assault. She's certified in mindfulness, meditation, instruction, and trauma sensitivity, and has trained in a variety of healing modalities. Lisa is passionate about helping women connect with their energy bodies, and we'll learn more today talking with her about chakra empowerment for women. All right, so Lisa, I am so happy you were able to join me today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rhonda. I'm so glad to be here. Now, if I am correct, you and I are on opposite sides of the, the United States. I'm on the East Coast, and you are on the West Coast, correct? I am. I'm just south of Los Angeles. Awesome. I mean, we are truly polar opposites here. That's right. I used to, I lived on the East Coast for many years, though, so I'm, I'm kind of bi-coastal, but now I'm a West Coaster. Oh, so where, where on the East Coast did you used to live? Well, I went to college at, at Sarah Lawrence, which is in New York, just from, up from New York City, and then I lived in New York City for 15 years. Oh, my gosh. I didn't My husband lured me out here, yes. <laughs> I was upstate New York myself. So I think one of these days I want to go out to California just because I'm addicted to sunsets. And it's, um, although I have a beautiful place in the water here too, because it faces the West, um, I feel like there's something very peaceful and almost blissful about seeing an actual sunset across the ocean. Yeah, ocean sunsets are glorious. And then you get the green, uh, whatever it's called, the green streak, right, as it goes below. Yeah. There's a flash, a green flash, yeah. I'm going to have to go out there. So, Lisa, you're joining us from California, and I would love for you to take a few minutes and talk to me and my listeners about what it is that you're doing right here, right now, today, other than talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, what I am is I am an energy worker. So today I, I'm working with clients most of the rest of the day. And what I do, most of my work, I do by phone and Zoom. And I work mostly with women. I have some male clients, but I most work mostly with women, guided meditation, guided imagery for healing, for stress management, for goal attainment, for empowerment. There's a lot of different 
types of work that work that I do. And I'm currently marketing my book, Chakra Empowerment for Women, a lot. So I do have some other one other interview today related to that. So that's my day today, and that's what I do. So an energy worker works on the phone or Zoom, mostly with women. And forgive me, you you said a word. It's guided. Is it guided meditation? Is that what you said? Yeah, and I mostly work with what's called the chakras, mm -hmm. which someone who's taking yoga might be somewhat familiar with these. They're getting to be more well-known, but it is chakras are energy centers in our body or energy centers that we focus in on through meditation, through breathing exercises, and through guided imagery. And each chakra center is associated with different physical health components and also with different psychological aspects of ourself, like confidence or organization, et cetera, et cetera. So you're kind of working with different chakras depending on what your goals are through meditation and guided imagery. Now, guided imagery, that's a term that I'm not really familiar with. Could you explain what that is a little bit more? Mm -hmm. So the way that I work with it is, for example, you might, if you're if you are stressed, I might have you visualizing yourself on a beach at your favorite vacation spot, right? Okay. And they've done a lot of research actually on how powerful visualization is. For example, with sports athletes, with athletes, they can actually make progress on a certain skill through visualizing it, not as dramatic a progress as if they were actually practicing the move, say a baseball swing or a skiing, a slope or something like that, but they actually can move themselves forward through imagery and impacts the same parts of the brain as if they were doing the move. Mm -hmm. So it's, so imagery is very, very powerful, has a very powerful impact on us. What I do with the chakras is you may be visualizing a color light in a certain location in your body, uh, a bright pink light in your heart, for example, or a white light at your tailbone, which is considered the root chakra and is associated with feeling safe in your body. So if you're feeling anxious, you may be working with that. So there's different visualizations for different parts of the body and depending on what we're working with to bring about a certain emotional and physical state for whatever it is we're working on. I'm just making a couple notes because you're, you're absolutely right with that visualization. And one of my programs, I believe it's even in the basic mini course that I have, mm -hmm. I do talk about that whole mind work and I believe, oh my gosh, I'm just forgetting his name. Blissado, I believe is his name, did that experiment with a basketball team, split That's them up right. into three groups. And you know which one I'm talking about, right? The three, the free, the free throws, right? The free throws, right. Yes, I do know that one. Yes. That's a big one. And it, it's just, uh, it's fascinating how visualization really is so powerful. And uh, there was another um, research that I, I read about, and it had to do with the, the neurons firing, and they, they did it with athletes, so they could visualize uh, ready, set, go, and how their um, uh, muscles were firing. And yeah, the one I had read about, I think, was downhill skiers. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, this is a different one, but it's just fascinating yeah. how powerful the mind is. And that's mm -hmm. uh, one of my last interviews, I, I referred to it as the mind is a lot like <laughs> our, our user's manual that we have hard time accessing, kind of like your smartphone. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> the smartphone is, it, it can do so much. And most of us don't even know what it's capable of. But the user's manual is kind of hard to locate. And it's written in about 14 different languages. And you read just enough to make it work the way that you want it to work. 
And I think that's what we do, generally speaking, with our minds and bodies here on this planet Earth. I don't know. Do you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, we're using a very small part of our potential. And for me, it extends even into, you know, intuition and energy body teachings. I mean, that's really energy body teachings are kind of in that mind body spectrum of we can't necessarily measure them through science. But once someone starts to engage in some of this work, they become it becomes very real for them. Mm-hmm. So I really believe then it goes even beyond that we're not using our mind just in our full intellectual capacity, but also that there is a whole level of intuition and connection to energies and emotions and self-awareness, somatic body awareness that we really aren't fully tapped into and that can be tremendously powerful. And that's why uh, there are energy workers like yourself and mind workers like myself. We all work together to help bring this awareness to uh, a deeper level, broader level. Very exciting. So Lisa, tell me something. Now, I, I love what you're doing and the mindfulness and the visualization. What is it that you enjoy most about what you do? I think I mostly, in, I work mostly with women. I enjoy working with men too, but I've come to specialize in women. And I think it's really gratifying to me when I've worked with a woman for a certain amount of time and she really feels, and I really see the change in her. She is, she achieves some goal or she experiences, she feels as if she has moved past some emotional block or patterning. One of my specialties is sexual trauma healing. So I work with a lot of women who've had sexual abuse or assault in their background. And it's really gratifying to feel as if they've let go of some of the wounds or limitations that had come about as the result of that abuse or assault. To let go of uh, wounds or limitations. Now, I know this is a little off topic, but I'm going to ask you, because I think this topic is such a prevalent issue that no one really likes to talk about. And we're not going to go deep into it, but in your perspective with the women that you've worked with in the past, what are some of those wounds or traumas that they have learned to let go of or how does that affect them? Maybe that would be a better way to put it. Well, every woman's story is individual, but I think the main patterns that I see, what, what really happens particularly with sexual trauma is the relationship to body is disrupted in some way. So either a woman has severe body image issues and that can play out any number of ways. It could be uh, body punishment, right? There may be patterns of eating disorders, et cetera, or it may be in relationship to sexuality, either acting out sexual promiscuity in unhealthy ways that aren't fulfilling because they've identified so totally as a sexual being because they were abused as a child or going the other way, not being able to enjoy sex at all. And then in terms of health, if someone has a poor relationship to their body, if they view their body as shameful in some way, even if they're not consciously aware of it, they don't tend to take good care of their body, right? So then Mm -hmm. they're just not healthy. So then the the first thing I'm usually working with from a chakra perspective is helping a woman connect to her lower chakras, which have to do with our relationship to our physical body. Uh, And that's the first thing that I often see. I think another pattern that I often see is a a lot of walls up. Um, This can happen with any trauma survivor, but it's especially prevalent with sexual abuse and and assault survivors. There's kind of this, I'll never be vulnerable again. So there can just be a lot of walls 
that can limit someone's ability, for example, you know, to even go on a job interview or network or connect because they just have a lot of difficulty communicating and bridging. So that's another pattern I see a lot. Mm. It's about really helping that person to open up. I, I was going to say, so it would be that person who just has a hard time being intimate in any way, shape or form with almost anyone. Exactly. And that isn't how it, it doesn't play out exactly the same for every person, but right. that is a prevalent pattern. Absolutely. That's interesting. I feel like that's a discussion. Uh, I would love to have you back on the show and, you know, go more into detail because I know that's what your sure. book is about. Um, but for today, I, I feel like that might help some of the ladies listening. Yeah. Now, I, I want to ask you one more question before I, I pull in something else. Is there a particular part of your work that, you know, helps pr uh, provide that drive or that motivation for you to get up and do this type of work every single day? I think it's really the one-on-one -on -one connection. I really enjoy working one-on-one. -on -one. I like teaching too, and I do teach teleseminars. But for me, I don't know. I see who I'm speaking to that day, and I feel excited about it. So uh, I think that's really what keeps me going is that one-on-one -on -one connection and feeling like I'm part of someone else's growth trajectory. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's very satisfying. I do. I agree with that. That's the part that I love the most too, is feeling like you're part of that growth and that uh, fulfillment that they've been missing, getting them unstuck. So Lisa, um, was there, this is a unique area of work that you're doing with this energy healing. Is there a particular point in time in your life where you were guided in this direction? Was there something that happened? Well, there's a lot of different things. I would say when I was young, when we look back now, I really was very sensitive energetically and intuitively, but I didn't know it at the time. And I went into a corporate career in technology for many years, but I had a lot of issues with stress headaches. So I ended up walking into my first meditation class for that reason, because someone thought it might help me with my stress headaches. And it did, but it sort of launched me on this whole path where I ended up studying the chakras. And it was always sort of a side thing. I was engaged in chakra meditation, getting more and more interested in energy healing and doing a lot of training but not doing it as a career until I had my first child. I was already 38. I had children later in life mm. and I was already feeling burnt out around my technology career and took a break. And then I had this major health crisis and it, it, it I had a gallbladder attack and then I got a C. diff infection and you know, I had this new baby and it was just a lot all at once. And that got me going. I really had to draw on what I had learned energetically because the, the doctors unfortunately couldn't really address what was occurring fully. Uh, and it, so it made me research women's energetics and specifically energy healing for women and energy guided work and meditation work for women. And that is really what has became ground zero for the work that I'm doing now. My goodness, that, that was quite a lot of stuff going on. You, yeah. So if I hear you correct, uh, from the time that you had your baby to the time the doctors were of no use, that was how much time went by? Uh, six months, a year, two years? Yeah, a year. And I had already been studying energy healing for many, many years. But yeah, that really spurred me to make the transition fully and say, okay, I want to start using everything that I've been studying and uh, start doing this work on other people in a more formal way. I'm curious with your stress headaches, because I know there's so many people who deal with stress headaches. 
if they were to connect with you and work with you, and let's just say their major issue was stress headaches, how much time would be realistic for them to be able to see results? Yeah. Well, really what I'm trying to do is give people tools that they are then using on their own in their life. Mm -hmm. So I typically like to book in three packs, a pack of three sessions. That's kind of the minimum where we can really establish a new habit. So for someone specifically stress management, I'm going to teach them a breathing exercise and a meditation that I'd like them to try to do daily for a few minutes in terms mm -hmm. of the meditation. And then the breathing exercise after they've realized that they got very stressed or even better in the moment if they can catch themselves, which can take mm -hmm. some time. And we're doing that over these three sessions over the course of two months to try to establish this new pattern. Now, if the stress seems actually linked to deeper emotional issues that require healing or kind of a longer term trajectory, then, then we might be working a little bit differently. But if it's more situational, that's kind of what we would be doing. Three sessions over a couple of months and it's not so much about what I'm doing in that session. Mm -hmm. It's about teaching them tools that they're using outside of the session. And personally, I think that's really powerful to teach somebody how to manage mm -hmm. and to become more aware of themselves. Fantastic. <clears throat> so Lisa, let's do a little shift right here because I know that you are a mompreneur also, woman yes. working with business. Now, you did let us know already that you have had one child. Now I'm curious, do you have other children? I do. After that one, I had twins 19 months later. So I had three kids under two years old at the age of 38 and 40. Oh my gosh. Yes. All right, <laughs> it all happened very fast. You hear that? <laughs> oh my They're goodness. all teenagers now. They're all teenagers now. They're yeah. teenagers. Well, you know, I, I don't know. See, I had three in three and a half years. My first two were that 19 months apart, but hey, you beat me on that when you had twins. <laughs> um, but I, I do know firsthand too, that just because they're teenagers doesn't necessarily mean it's a whole lot easier other than the fact that they sleep through the night and they can feed themselves. <laughs> yeah. So as, let's get into some funny stories with being the mompreneur. Uh, for example, when you are with your family, what does quality family time look like for you? Making everyone put their phone away, <laughs> first and foremost, uh, three teenagers. This it. is not easy. Okay. So, yeah. And I think really we come together over food. We can't do nightly meals together. Their schedules for extracurriculars doesn't allow that. But we do try to do that at least once or twice a week. And right now my parents are here. When my parents are here, the kids are willing to do game night. They won't do it with just my husband and I anymore. But when our when grandparents come into town, they will do it. So we take full advantage of that. Love and uh, we also, we, you know, I put a lot of time into our vacations. And I really plan vacations where we're really getting away, usually involving hiking and outdoor excursions mm. because they all really like that kind of thing. So that's, that's our thing. I love that. See, that's, that's one of our favorite things, too, is getting out. I was just talking to my older daughter that uh, there was a place I found over in Tennessee, I believe. I can just vaguely remember seeing the website, and the, the picture that they gave was at the top of the mountain overlooking this beautiful valley with trails. And I was like, oh, we all need to go here because one of the, the things that caught my eye was no Wi-Fi. <laughs> There's just none. And I was like, yeah. yes, we can totally disconnect and get grounded again with mother earth mother nature 
and with each other. I think that's just a fun, fun thing to do. So with you being a busy work from home mom, tell us how, how do you go about with relaxing and recharging yourself? Well, I do have a daily meditation practice and I have for almost 30 years now, and it's really essential to my own mental balance. And I know that. So I do first thing in the morning, uh, get up and and meditate for at least half an hour, sometimes longer. (coughs) Oh, excuse me. Um, I think also exercise is critical for me, getting in physical exercise to relieve stress. And I also like to get onto nature with my dogs. I like to, we have a local hiking trail that I can get out on and, and work on that. And those are really my main recharging methods. I hear you loud and clear with that one. Now, when it comes to meditating, I, I know you and I talked about this on our first little call. The term meditate can be misconstrued with a lot of people. Would you say that's true? I think that's true. Yeah. I think it, people get images of like a, a guru or a yogi up in a cave somewhere sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so too. So would, because you are the expert with the meditation, would you take a moment and explain or give a little bit more detail about what meditation really is or, and or for you? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, there's many different forms of meditation, but the differences between them are really, what are you focusing on? But the similarity, where are you focusing on your breath? Are you focusing on a picture? Are you focusing on a candle flame? There's a lot of different things you might be focusing on. But the real goal is to quiet your mind down and shift its focus from what it's usually doing, which is just chattering nonstop, right? Mm -hmm. And by doing that, you're just trying to create some spaciousness, some space between your usual thoughts and emotions and your reaction to them. And that's what you're doing when you're practicing and you don't necessarily experience bliss or great relaxation. (laughs) Sometimes you do maybe, but you don't. And that isn't really the point. It's really just like going to the gym. You get a muscle stronger by working it out with meditation. You get your mindfulness muscle, your self-awareness muscle stronger. And then that means that in a situation where you are about to get triggered, you have some practice in going, Oh, nope. That's just a thought. That's just an emotion. I don't have to go there. I'm going to take a breath. That's what meditation is practiced for more than anything else. I love that definition and explanation. For someone who has never had much luck or maybe they've never really tried meditating, do you have any tips for them? Yeah, I think a lot of people do best with guided meditations if they feel that they struggle. So I have some available this book and also my website, but there's a lot of good ones out there. And a lot of times you can try them free. You can get them as audibles on, you know, Amazon, for example, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of phone apps now that have them and you can try out does someone's voice and approach resonate for you and try a few guided meditations. And I think that's really the best way to start. That's a really great recommendation. Throughout your career, because I believe you mentioned it's been, oh my gosh, how many years now that you've been doing this work? So now I've been doing this work about 16 years. My oldest daughter is 16 years old. Well, during the time, uh, from the time that you really started and realized that you wanted to do this on a more professional level, helping other people, have there been any challenges or difficulties that you've had in your life? Well, I think the biggest, I, I had personally had to really sort of overcome my resistance to marketing, right? So I had to, (laughs) and then on the life balance, I had been working in a corporate office. I was used to those hours. 
and then working from home. And I'm sure that I know this is a common mompreneur issue, really trying to balance, you know, come into work-life balance or work-family balance. It seems like it should be easier when you're working from home. And in many ways it is, I can schedule my sessions around carpools and all of that kind of thing. But on the other hand, it's harder because there is no one telling me when to stop. And so I always feel like I should be working more. I should be doing more to keep the business going. It never feels like I've actually done enough that day. And I've had to sort of learn to just cut it off and be like, okay, I'm done. No more emails tonight. <laughs> you know, and, and figure out that balance for myself um, is, is the hard part. And measuring success. Yeah, you said some real key words right there. And I will agree that's because that's really who I work with the most are uh, women mompreneurs. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly the problem because they don't have anybody who tells them when to turn it on and when to turn it off. And uh, that feeling of guilt, I find that so many women feel guilty when they're not focusing on their work because they go, oh my gosh, my business is not going to do as well. Or I am not taking care of my clients. And then if I'm not focusing on my business, that means I need to focus on family. And then they forget to focus on themselves. And then when they do turn around and say, I'm going to take care of myself, they go, oh my gosh, I feel guilty. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. And so it just seems yep. so cyclical. And that's one of the challenges that I have working with them going, all right, let's, let's put this in perspective and create those boundaries and create that space for you. So yep. thank you so much for being honest and sharing that about yourself. Yeah, it's, it's the constant juggling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I think right before we started recording, you and I talking about, hey, we have to be flexible. We're both juggling today on things that yeah. didn't really originally show up on the planner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it's so important for us to really be uh, have a lot of agility. I remember years ago with my husband, he, he used to make me crazy. He could change directions with plans like the wind changes directions. Mm -hmm. And early on in our marriage, it used to drive me crazy because I thought, you know, I just want to go in one direction. Well, over 30 years, I have learned to become very adaptable to that. And I find myself personally being more and more uh, almost like with the wind, but a little bit more focused than he does. So it's, it's a matter of being able to change those directions, being adaptable and still feeling like you're making progress. Yeah. And being able to change gears, like change from one task to another to really switch from mommy mode to work mode in an instant, no transition time. I think that's what really, what I've gotten much better at, right? Like I don't, I really tried to work on being able to, when I sit down to work, I just can sit down and switch gears right away into what I'm doing, as opposed to needing a lot of transition time, mm -hmm. uh, because it's just more efficient. And uh, I think that is something that meditation actually helped me with that kind of mind training of just, okay, shifting gears now. I have that kind of control over my mind. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a work in progress. I don't think exactly. any of us, are, none of us are perfect and we can fall back into old habits. And I, I know for myself and some of the women that I work with, the other challenge with that balance and figuring out life and work is really identifying when you're starting to feel stressed or starting to feel overwhelmed and then how to, um, how to make, manage that without overreacting. Yeah. And I know for myself, one of the things I do is like, you know what, my brain hurts or I'm tired or I'm frustrated. So I'm going to go step outside into nature for a little bit and remove myself yeah. from the situation. That's yeah. the way, that's the way I disconnect. And then when I turn back around in 15 minutes, I'm like, oh, I feel so much better. Yeah. 
Yeah. And really letting go of, okay, I'm just going to have to let go of this to-do list for today. What I thought I was going to get done today, I have to let go because I'm getting too uh, tense, getting too, it's, it's going to need to sit. And that's sometimes just what I have to do, you know, and come back to it the next day. Mm, yes. These are all skills that we, they're, they're learnable and they do take time. And yes, we all do fall back behind every now and then. Well, I'm going to ask you one other question. Have there been lessons that you've learned over the last 16 years with going from more of a corporate to a home base and what lessons are they and what can you share with our listeners from a business perspective i think really what i had to learn was how to allow things to grow organically Hmm. and i instead of having a set idea of how my practice was going to look what i was going to focus in what a session was going to look like i sort of started out that way and it's morphed. And I think it was really important. And I had to really kind of learn to do this to let go of my original vision sometimes and receive feedback and figure out what's working and what's not working mm -hmm. and what people are resonating with and what they're not resonating with and allow it to sort of change. And so I, and, and, and when we read about like product development, this is often the case, right? Like a hit product turns out to be an accident from something else like Post-its famously were actually a side created on the side for some other project that failed at 3M. And, and that often happens. Like you have to allow things and the form that they take to develop organically. So that's been a lesson for me in adaptability. I guess it kind of falls in that thread you were just talking about. Adaptability and receiving feedback from the universe in a way. I, I love the feedback and we have to be careful about the feedback because are we taking it personally or constructively? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many women take it um, deconstructively and they take it way too personally and that flips everything upside down too. Well, my goodness, I'm looking at the time and I'm like, wow, I just want to say thank you and respect your time. But I know that we have so many more things that we can talk about and we are going to have to reschedule this because we, I want to know more about the book, which I'm going to have you tell a little bit about your book right now because we're going to set everybody up for when you come back. Uh, sure, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, it's called Chakra Empowerment for Women, and I really wrote it for any woman. So even if you've never heard of the chakras, I hope that you'll find it accessible. That was my goal. It really walks through every energy center with a guided meditation, and there's recordings online that match the explanation in the book and mm -hmm. what you can use that particular meditation for in your life. And then I've also included information on women's energetics, which is how our energy body changes pregnancy and menopause and things like that and then also on sexual trauma healing so those are little breakout sections in each chapter so uh really it's it's for any women and i and i hope that people find it helpful i just know they will all these uh information is going to be in the show notes so if you're on the website you're going to be able to find lisa's information and if somebody listening says my gosh this woman's amazing i really want to know so much more about the energy and the chakras how would they get in touch with you? ChakraEmpowermentForWomen.com is the website. And then Facebook and Instagram at Chakra Empowerment. And those are really the best ways. I have a blog also called Mommy Mystic. <laughs> From way back when, when my kids were still calling me mommy. I still post there, but they don't <laughs> call me mommy anymore. So ChakraEmpowermentForWomen.com and MommyMystic.com. Fantastic. And again, those are all going to be in the show notes. So if you missed it, we'll make sure that you can find it. Um, Lisa, is there any last words that you'd like to share with the guest listeners today? Because I just want to say thank you so much for taking your time today. 
take a breath. Everyone take a breath right now. How's that? <laughs> take a big breath and just center in your belly. I always find that's the most helpful. And yeah, be you. I love it. All right, everyone. We will talk to you in about two weeks. And this is Lisa Erickson. And make sure you check out the show notes and get in touch with her. All I can say is, wow. So what did you think about Lisa Erickson? I thought she was pretty amazing. And I'm seriously excited about having her come back on the show and talk to us more about this energy and the healing and chakras, women empowerment. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, make sure you share the interview with three or more of your best friends. Of course, please give us a five-star review. I would love to shout out your name on one of the upcoming episodes. And don't forget, you can find a Balanced Life For You podcast on all of your favorite platforms. I believe we're on iTunes and Google, Stitcher. Don't forget the new Listen app. Oh my gosh, yes. That is a brand new platform. I'm super excited about it. Why? Because I can actually chit chat with you a little bit about each episode if you want to talk to me. Thanks so much and we'll see you in a couple weeks.